This is the future of finance by Motive Labs. Hello, and welcome again to the future of finance, the podcast where we live and breathe the next generation of financial technology. to the Motive podcast series. I'm here with uh, John Randalls. He's the CEO of Siren. Welcome, John. Thank you very much. John, you're part of a discovery day here with uh, Motive Labs. It's a great day for us to get to know a little bit more about your organization. But before we do, perhaps you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. I started my career as a computer engineer, graduated from University of Limerick, I really started out in financial technology and retail banking. I spent a little while as a developer, but then ended up as the CTO of a retail banking startup, really because I was better at talking about problems than actually solving them and helping managing teams. So that was acquired by Siebel Systems in 2004. I spent a couple of years with Siebel, then ended up running a startup called Polar Lake, which was subsequently acquired by Bloomberg in 2012. And I spent five years with Bloomberg running a data management utility. So made the transition from retail banking to capital markets, learned a lot about that business as well, and uh, had great fun running a global business with Bloomberg as well as part of uh, a very, very big enterprise. Wow, what a rich background. And, and so uh, where did the idea from for Siren come from? So Siren was founded by Giovanni Tumorello and Renaud Delbru, two very brilliant academic researchers that ended up through a lot of European funding for research and data science moving to Galway in the west of Ireland about 10 years ago. And after they had done their PhDs, done lots of postdoctoral research on semantic web, they were the two founders of Siren. I got involved at the end of last year then just because when I saw the product, I saw the problems I could have solved over the previous 20 years mm. by having access to this kind of technology. It was actually a meeting set up by one of the investors in Sarn who I'd worked with at Polar Lake before. It was a three-hour meeting in a railway station in Dublin uh, <laughs> over <Well>. a laptop. <laughs> and it ended up that I invested in the company and took the job as the CEO. That's pretty compelling, isn't it? Exactly, um, yeah. So talk to us. What is that? What is that problem that you've identified? So, we like to classify it as what we call investigative intelligence. And what that means is you think of the problems that in a financial institution that are investigative in, in nature, that you don't know yesterday what question you need to answer today. Mm. You know, you look at whether it is on a trade compliance, uh, you're looking at uh, KYC, anti-money laundering, fraud, you know, looking at counterparty risk, general risk management. People at the front line in those businesses, the analysts, the domain experts, the people that know the data best of all, that are more aware of the questions they need to ask and get answered quickly, they've been very frustrated because even though we've invested massively in technology, massively in data, we've largely been collecting data together and cleansing it and normalizing it, but we haven't worked an awful lot on how to access it, how to use it, and how to answer these questions quickly for a non-technical user. And that's really the space Iron operates in. It's interesting you say that because that's something that really resonates. I mean, I, I think 
from uh, my perspective, you've probably, you know, drawn a, a really accurate picture as to where we are in the world. Mm. Data, big data, we've been talking about it for ages, but yeah. but still the ability for a non-technical person to really get their hands around that data and, and be able to reference it in their terminology and their way of thinking seems to be quite challenging, even yeah, though... It's still a huge challenge because I think in lots of ways we've built technology for technologists not for the end user. And we've almost, to our discredit, uh, had a secondary view on how this data is going to get used and a primary focus on what we were going to do to gather it all together. So the collection has been the primary focus. And what Sarna are trying to do is move the conversation to the next stage is how do you use it? And look, there has been some success around this as well. If you look at how people have rolled out BI and analytic reports and things like that, but dashboarding, self-service analytics, that's been hugely successful. But that doesn't solve the problem of investigative intelligence. You know, that's a next level problem up where you need to have a very interactive experience and you need to have something that doesn't require you to write code. Because uh, fundamentally, these kind of questions get answered today by batch process code that takes, you know, days and weeks to write. And the fidelity and the immediacy of the information is gone by the time your answer comes back. So you can't ask another question quick question on top of that so this um word investigative you know if you if you're non-technical yeah. there's this you know this this whole sort of detection thing going on and solving crimes or frauds or whatever yeah. is, is that online yeah. it, it, so we're effectively taking what we've done with law enforcement whether it's police agencies things like intelligence uh, agencies people looking at cyber threat analysis We've also worked extensively with the life sciences sector, which is quite investigative, mm. and bringing that into financial services. And it really goes back to our founders. They're almost contrarians looking in rather than people from the industry just reinventing what they did in their last job yeah. uh, to try and make a product out of you know the last project they worked on. So we're really bringing something different into the financial services industry. And maybe it's a change of terminology for things that people haven't been thinking of as very investigative. But anytime I talk to the business people, the operations people, it really resonates with them because that's fundamentally what they're trying to do. Yeah. And if you look at some of the ways we've been trying to address things like KYC and AML and trying to make all this data look the same and trying to utilitize it and trying to commodify it. You know, what we've found over the last five, 10 years is that's very, very hard. Mm. And you still have pockets of data that are different. And what we do is we embrace that difference and the frequency and the, the high-speed nature of data. Wow. I mean, it sounds very, very all-encompassing. Obviously, not just applied to law enforcement and banking. I mean, it must have a pretty wide application, this type yeah, of approach. It does. And that's also the challenge, you know, because we could position this as all things to all men sure. when you have data and data problems. So the way I describe it is it's one role, many industries. So mm. that investigative user and our focus is really on that end user at that desktop. What do they need to make their job better? Yeah. How are they more effective at solving that particular problem? And it happens to apply in finance, life sciences, and law enforcement. And that, you know, there's a lot of complementary overlap in those industries that we can bring 
uh, some gains of investigative processes from the law enforcement into the finance world. You know, finance and life sciences are both very, very highly regulated mm. uh, industries. But then there's a lot of reasons for search, audit, things that law enforcement need because they need to know who's looking at what data for what reason. Sure. That you can tie it back to an investigative case, which is very, very relevant in the finance world as well. And so looking at your, you know, you've clearly got your market sectors, you sound to have have a very clear understanding of the problems you're facing, but how's the market reacting to it? Are you managing to resonate with yeah, the... Yeah, uh, it's very, very well is the simple answer. But in terms of what challenges we faced in that, it's almost like people like to say you're a new something, right? Of what can I compare you to? Right. Uh, so are you a new version of my reporting tool? Right. No, we're not. Are you uh, going to replace my my fraud AML system? No, we're not. Are you a graph database? No, we're not. So we spend a lot of time and we've we've really almost drawn this out for people as well to say, look, if you've got reporting tools, they're very good at straight up and down reporting on a single data set. Once you get into linking multiple data sets and doing complex joins and sophisticated investigative intelligence, that's where we take over. Right. It's almost, to a lot of our users, it's a new space because it really helps encompass a lot of technologies they're already looking at but finding difficult to deploy whereas things like natural language processing things like federation things like you know search and graph databases have been disjointed in the past so we're mm. helping them bring them together and target a business problem rather than it being this would be an interesting thing to look at for an academic purpose and so often you know not to trivialize it but people like a, a sort of a picture it used to you know it would take five days to do something now it takes three minutes you know yeah. do you have a story like that yeah absolutely so we're working with an asset management firm who had multi-billion dollar uh, portfolio of of a whole property portfolio of rental agreements but they were struggling to see who's my counterparty what's my overall exposure to counterparty x yeah. and what we're able to do it actually just took a day was to take all their counterparty information all the companies office detail, all of their real estate portfolio, link it together and do immediate roll-ups. Wow. They weren't, just weren't possible before. So so it was almost like they didn't do them because it wasn't yeah. <laughs> it wasn't something I will even ask a question to do. And and that's what we find over and over again. It's like I was You're talking... You're not comparing to the past because it wasn't done before. Exactly. So I was talking to the head of credit at a major US bank the other day and he said, I wouldn't have even asked for this before because I knew it would be 20 people in six weeks. Yeah. Right? So now we're... we're trying to say look if you could ask this question and you could get it done quickly what would you like to ask yeah. so that's what's the really interesting and exciting part of it is you're helping people to to get to what they really want out of data not just dealing with what they can just get from existing processes and systems. Great. And a, a brief look forward. Where do you see things going from here? Brief look forward. We're just concentrating on growth now and servicing our clients and building up our client base and and almost just getting the word out there because it's, as I expected when I joined SARN, we'd have a great reaction from the market. Now we just need to make sure everybody knows about it and it's not a, a secret that's kept under a rock. Sounds like a, a smart way to go. You're clearly 
making uh, real headway and you have something that resonates with the market, one of the dangers, I suppose, is, is overextending yourself. Is that something that you guys have sort of faced as a challenge? Yeah, I'm, I'm always super conscious of that. I haven't been with uh, two other startups before. You can mm. see how you can overplan the market penetration. I think one of the things that helps Siren in that regard is because it's very product-based. It's very light on service. I don't need to build up a big services team to actually scale up because so many of our clients download the product, use it, and then call us up and say, look, I've, I've used it. How do you help me from here? And then we kind of, yeah. So that's the major challenge and stumbling block of a lot of startups is how to get something productized enough that you don't have to send a team of engineers to get it installed. Mm. You know, we're almost the opposite. Some people feel that they should run a project for weeks and months for something like this. When we're saying, look, we'll get you up and running with five to 10 days. Fascinating. John Randalls, CEO of Siren. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Bernard. Thank you for your time and insights. And thank you very much for tuning in. I'm Sam. See you next time. The information contained in this podcast is intended for discussion purposes only. It is not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation for the purchase or sale of a security or any services of motive partners. All investing involves risk, and there is no guarantee that past performance will be indicative of future results. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are as of the date of recording, reflect the views and opinions of the persons expressing them, and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of motive partners. Motive partners makes no representations or warranties as to the accuracy, reliability, or completeness of any information provided, and undertakes no obligation to update, amend, or clarify the information in the podcast, whether as a result of new information, future events, or otherwise. Any securities, transactions, or holdings discussed may not represent investments made by motive partners. It should not be assumed that securities, transactions, or holdings discussed, if any, were or will be profitable, or that the recommendations or decisions made in the future will be similar, or will equal the performance of the securities, transactions, or holdings discussed herein. This podcast may contain forward-looking statements that are based on beliefs, assumptions, current expectations, estimates, and predictions about the financial industry the economy, motive partners or motive partners investments. Nothing in the podcast should be construed or relied upon as investment, legal, accounting, tax or other professional advice or in connection with any offer or sale of securities.